Yes, yes. What's going on? It's your boy, Eduardo Jackson, CEO, founder, creator of the Cinema Draft Game, back with our old favorite, fam of the pod. You know him. You love him. It's our daily movies, our daily fantasy movies enthusiast hmm. and hair aficionado, Jay Devlin. What's going on, Jay? What's up, bud? Finally, finally, we made it to the hour-long pod. We've been talking about doing this for months and months and months, and here we are. Yes. I am uh, incredibly hungover from NASCAR yesterday. Uh, I did just have a nice game board, which which is waking me up a little bit. So let's do it. Let's let's knock this out, brother. Let's have some fun. Good, good, good. The drinking game tonight will be the word epic because we are going to talk about some epic performers, entertainment today. And, of course, our very first segment is one of my favorites. It's what I'm watching. Yes, and, of course, the money show, the all-time – well, it's not quite all-time. It is officially now my second all-time favorite show. It is, of course, Game of Thrones. I am all in again. I went actually, I've had an experience where I, I was introducing a newbie to the Game of Thrones verse or whatever they call it. And we watched all of the episodes, all 60 from season one through season six over the course wow. of about three weeks. It's an incredible show. It is now officially leapfrogged. Breaking Bad into the second slot of best show all time for me. It is freaking amazing. I enjoy the hell of it. I miss it. I, I miss it already. We just we just ended our journey last night, and I miss it already. I want Jon Snow back in my life. I want the, the music from that last episode. Are you are you up on Game of Thrones, Jay Devlin? A hundred percent, man. I love that show. That's a top. That's definitely a top fiver. Maybe even a top three or four. I mean, nothing will ever usurp Lost from the top of my list. But oh wow, okay. but Game of Thrones is uh, is definitely up there. Yes, Game of Thrones. So. I mean, and, and I actually I, I had an opportunity, and I kind of passed on it because it was, was kind of awkward because we weren't quite finished with the series, but yet they had the um, the, the guy, uh, Ramin Jawadi, I think you say his name, the the composer for all the episodes of Game of Thrones. Beautiful music, great music, especially those last two episodes in season six, just incredible. And he has like a Game of Thrones uh, tour, like he calls it the Game of Thrones live concert experience. It gets like this big ass screen. They show like clips of the show while. He, you know, conducts his orchestra or whatever. And it, you know, as the kids would say, it's lit. And he was having his show out here on in Vegas on Saturday. And because we weren't quite finished, I, I fell on my sword. I did not, you know, hmm. go and indulge. But it I'm sure next time it comes through town or if I'm in a town where it's playing, I'm definitely seeing that bad boy. That dude is great. He's next Han Zimmer. Y'all know how I feel about Hans, damn. What's the what's the deal with the new season? Aren't they only doing like uh, six or seven episodes in the next? Oh. I mean, how are they going to wrap everything up in like six or seven? I know it. It, it actually makes me sad. Uh, and so I guess they're, they want to have like an even seventy-five when they're done. I think this season's either going to be seven or eight episodes, and then the next season's going to be the other, like seven or eight. They, oh, it's so right now sixty. Left. There's two seasons left. Two seasons, like oh, I okay. guess like mini seasons or whatever. You know, yeah. it's. But yeah, and, and and they're off book, so it's not like they're like you know stuck to some George R. R. Martin you know uh, narrative, whatever. And they're having fun. And, and oh, and here's another thing too. This is one thing that I learned watching it on demand is that because uh, when you watch it, because I was really big in live tweeting Game of Thrones last season. It was it was the experience. Get up on Twitter, watching yeah. shit's happening. You you uh, get into hashtag Dem Thrones or you know and, and shit's going down, and you're just like sharing the experience. And now and when and when it ends, it just goes on to the next HBO show or ads for the next HBO show. But when you watch it on demand, it's like you've got like the box set or something because then they have like interviews with uh, DB Weiss and David Benioff, the, the creators mm -hmm. of the show owners of the show, and they break shit down. And I just love waiting for that every episode. So it's so clutch, so clutch. Yeah. No, I, I'm I, see. Here's the thing. Here's my Game of Thrones take. I, I love the show. And this is from a guy, I hate fucking forests and demons and wizardry and dragon. I, I don't like any of that stuff. Do you hate medieval like, times? <laughs> I, I just don't like like make-believe like that. Like, But for some reason, I love that show. The show's fantastic. A little too, a little, what'd you say? Immunity. Immunity. It gets a little too gory. But, uh, but yeah, no, I'm stoked for it to come back. I'm really into this, uh, what's it called, Big Little Lies? 
Are you watching Yo, that on yeah, HBO? Yeah, we, yeah, let's let's do a, a quick cultural cul-de-sac on that. Yeah, it was. Um, I, I watched. I just watched the one from last night this afternoon while I was working. And uh-huh. yeah, I like that show. It's a. Uh, it's very interesting. Girls yeah, selling, know. auctioning off her virginity on the internet. Come on. Now. Oh, it's amazing. See, here's the thing. Like, I just got into it uh, today. I literally watched every episode today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 you're, so you're caught up because I think it's it's a seven episode limited series. So well, that's what I'm, how are they going to wrap this thing up in one episode? <laughs> I mean, uh, honestly, and I guess it's based off a book too. So you have those books. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, but I, I mean, they've they've done such a great fucking job. Like, I don't know who's going to die. Like they've <laughs> right, done yeah, it could be anyone. Really, it, it could literally be anybody. Um, I'm putting my money on Celeste. I think she's got a lot of pent up rage in her. That that's Nicole Kidman's character, the the the, the battered wife. I think she she could explode. I think she might kill her husband, but maybe that's too obvious. Um, but it's good, man. I mean, that Shane yeah. Woodley's really good. The kids yeah. are really good in the show. Um, it's just a shame it's only seven episodes. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's kind of like the the night of. It was like just a limited. When they give you like a, a dose of of epinephrine or whatever, and then we out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> hey, but think about it. You, you really can't lock down movie stars like that for no. seven years, serious commitment, or whatever. So it kind of hundred percent to get all those guys. I, like I hated Reese. I, the first twenty minutes, I was like, I can't watch this show. I, like I want to punch Reese. For the, I want to punch her. And I don't want to punch women. But like, uh, dude, there's so fucking much. And it was like, like it was like her character from Election growing up was it Tracy Flick. It was like it was Tracy Flick grew up and got married. But by the second episode, I was like, oh, okay, I kind of like her. She's pretty cool. And then you see just how messed up they all are. So, yeah, so real quick, actually, I meant to ask you this earlier. What are your top five shows of all time? Since you threw Lost out there, since you included Game of Thrones possibly in the top five, what are your top five shows of all time? Well, right, Lost is number one by like, far and away. Nothing is even a close second. Um, okay. And in no particular order, uh, Game of Thrones probably up there. Okay. Uh, I love 24. Like yeah, the, original, okay. the, the original 24, like just sure. Kiefer Sutherland, amazing. Like I always would just binge watch that when it came out on uh, on the disc back in the day. Like when the whole like the whole season would come out. Um, and Breaking Bad's up there. I mean, this is all cliche shit that everybody likes. Everybody likes Breaking Bad. I mean, think hey, of a weird excellent. one. <laughs> you think of a weird one, man. Uh, like. Just do reality shows count, or does that have to be a scripted TV? No, I mean, no, if you want to throw a reality show in there, get 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 weird with it. <laughs> I'll throw two. I'll throw two. Vanderpump Rules, like absolutely obsessed with that show. Uh, awesome. Saw saw Jax out at the uh, the Belmont last Sunday. I was like a little fanboy, um, <laughs> and I'm 43 years old. Weird. Uh, and The Bachelor. I mean, The Bachelor is just. I knew like, I knew that was coming. I, I, I was yeah, waiting. Yeah. You are the biggest Bachelor fan I know, male or female. It's, I, I admire your dedication to The Bachelor because I'm like that with some of my shows. It's got to see, and it's, it's got to stand for it. And let me be clear: it's The Bachelor, not The Bachelorette, because right. The Bachelor is boring. I don't like watching a bunch of dudes just bro out, and it just turns <laughs> into a, a fucking frat house where these bros are just like getting along, except for the one guy that everybody picks on. Watching all these women fight for a dude. And the cattiness and the claws coming out and oh, it's just the bachelor is perfect, perfect. Well, there you go, Jay Devlin's top five. Top five. Right. What do you got? What do, what do you got in your top? Oh, five? oh my top. Uh, okay, so in order thus far, The Wire number one, number two is officially Game of Thrones. Number three, you had a good run at number two is Breaking Bad. Number four. Oh, I'm going to say Sons of Anarchy, I think. And then number five, that last spot in the top five gets gets really tough because you could throw a lot of good shows out there. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, Sopranos is a bit of a cliche, but it's kind of true. It's kind of cliche. Well, oh, you know what? I'll go off the board with this one a little bit. The Good Wife. I think what they did oh, for wow. network television was freaking amazing. I mean, it's I I haven't really studied that. I, I threw the question on the rundown. I didn't really study it myself, but they're at least my top ten. But for now, I'll, I'll put them in top five. I'm really enjoying the Good Fight, by the way. That is the the streaming spinoff of the Good Wife. I know I've mentioned I think the last two hour length podcasts or whatever. And what I'm watching, it is freaking. Excellent. I won't go into it this week, but man, I love that show. It is so good. They can curse. They're getting into it you know, on the streaming 
channel, whatever, and it's just as sharp as it's ever been. The good fight. Well, I mean, you're a TV tweeting like savant. You're always tweeting out TV stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. One show that it will never make my top five, which I can't stand, <laughs> that my girlfriend watches, is Scandal. Um, oh shit! But I will say Heresy. this: I, I was really happy to see that guy get shot because he's maybe my least favorite TV character in the history of fucking television. Oh, we love Huck. He's super creepy, oh, but he's damaged. He's like he's a not dog. dead though. That's that's the worst part about it. He's not dead. He probably, but he should be. But he <laughs> this should. ain't Game of Thrones, where the, where you die, you die. Well, look, I was in the scandal for a minute, and then it just got over the top ridiculous. And I just look, like, they had they had a really bad season. I think it was like the fourth season, the one where she was like trapped in like you know yeah. in some oh, that was oh. a terrible season. But they, yes. I think they've come back. I love scandal. I will ride for scandal. I think it has eventually top ten potential. Just saying. Okay. Yeah, I'm a Shonda um, Rhimes guy. I love ABC. ABC. Like I loved uh, TGIT. What, what was the? Oh my god, I can't. Think How to get away with murder? Revenge. Revenge. I loved revenge. Oh, you know, honestly, I came to the revenge party late. And shout out to Stacey Nutimi, who is not listening to this show, but she put me on revenge during my uh, extreme poker playing days, and I tore through that thing like a hot knife through butter, man. I loved me some revenge. Yeah, ABC was on fire there for a little while, man. They were just churning out, and they still are churning out great shows. So. Yeah, yeah. Another great show I'm watching is <laughs> Billions, and we uh, definitely have a discussion about this because it's an exceptional show with exceptional writing. It's even better than its first season. I'm digging the hell out of it. I'm, I mean, this the power plays, the mind games. It's all really, really, you know, tightly wound the season, <clears throat> and and you can see how much fun they're having with it and everything. But I think as a poker player, we have a new favorite poker scene. I know Jay Devlin has some thoughts on this. Disagree. This is from the third episode, the Alpha Cup. Jay Devlin, the poker scene for the Alpha Cup, go. Strong disagree. Here you go. I'm going to make this <laughs> short and sweet. Brian Koppelman, who, who was the writer and creator of Billions, who was also the writer and creator of the greatest poker movie of all time, Rounders, yeah, needs to be held to a higher standard. So like, when I hear there's a poker scene in Billions, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be like next level, epic. Uh, and... It, it was just like a little too like, I don't know, like the guy getting up from the table and walking away in the middle of the hand. And then everybody <laughs> in that room is apparently like Tom Dwan. And they can like, they, they oh no, she's got to have like uh, aces right here. I mean, I'm just like, you know, they know everything that's happening. Um, great show. Like you said, watched the episode tonight. Fantastic. Took me four or five episodes to get over him not being Brody. Uh, true. Yeah, that, that first season. Yeah, your first you're kind of like, eh, the axe is not quite there. But you know, I, I like the world. Any any time a show can bring me into a world with which I'm not, you know, that familiar. Like, oh, I don't know, the ultra rich, like the billionaire set. I'm mm -hmm. down. Take me to a world. That's why Game of Thrones. Yeah. Take me to a world. Hell, my my next show that I've been watching, uh, Feud, Betty and Joan. Take me to a world. Take me back to the '60s or '70s. Uh, real quick, real quick, back to Billions. Let me say one thing about Billions. The most far-fetched thing about Billions is that a ginger could be that rich ever. Right? No way in hell that a ginger. I love redhead. redhead. Well, I, 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 I don't have anything against them. I'm just saying there's no such thing as a billionaire ginger. All right, look up. Look, <laughs> Go on Forbes, brother. Find me, find me a, a redheaded ginger billionaire. I'll uh, challenge you know, accepted. I'll swallow I swallow my words. <laughs> billionaire. I'm actually gonna look up billionaire gingers. Just see what, just see what they come up with. <laughs> Are there any billionaires with red hair? That's a core question. Absolutely oh, not. No way. No how. No sir. You, you are taking our cultural cul-de-sacs to a new level, Jade Evelyn. That's that's why. That's why I want to have you listen to this podcast. That is outstanding. <laughs> billionaire. You can't be a. Well, you know what? Did I still have a shot? Did I can still become a billionaire? I do not have a shot. I have a shot. Oh, here, here we go. I got one for you. I am no. going to yeah I I do I am going to share my screen with the people, and he's almost not alive. He's still there. It's Sumner Redstone. Oh, okay. That guy's like half in the back. He's dead. He's, he's <laughs> yeah. Six point two billion dollars. Sumner Redstone. There you go. J wow. Billionaire ginger. But he's the only one I could find though. So you know your your point is well taken. So I'm not completely <laughs> wrong. Not completely wrong, but yes, but but, uh, but uh, and so and actually, for the, as far as that poker scene goes, I truly enjoyed enjoyed it. Even though, yes, it was totally unrealistic for taking time out in the middle of a hand to go talk to your 
poker coach or a mental coach, whatever. But I figure, fuck, they're all rich. It's the Alpha Cup. It's not like a WPT sanctioned event or something. So I figure they do whatever they want. But realistically, yes, that never, ever happens. Ever. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, the drama was great. And I thought, even, even the way the hand played out, too, and like in, in the rationales behind it and the thinking stuff, I thought <coughs> it made sense from a poker perspective. So it, it, was, it was a great call. I, I loved it. I mean, I did like that aspect of it. I liked the cards. You know, a lot of times you watch like uh, Casino Royale, mm. you know, with Daniel Craig. Like some like, like double nut royal flush, 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 flush. Yeah, full house, full house, nut flush, four of a kind, straight flush. It's like, come on. No. no. There's stuff not normally found in nature. <laughs> no, <laughs> in definitely not. Yes. And then, yes, yeah, so as I was alluding to earlier real quick is Feud, Betty and Joan. I'm enjoying it because, like I said, it's taking us to a world. It's, you know, uh, kind of like the old glamour Hollywood system, I think back in the 50s uh, when they're filming Who Killed Baby Jane. I have no idea about that movie. Never seen it. Never, you know, inclined to see it. But just the, just the way that they take on Hollywood you know, ageism and sexism and, and all the isms are out there kind of. It's just it's really interesting and, and really too you know, uh, Susan Sarandon, Jessica Lange, just, you know, two, you know, grand dames of, of the screen. I mean, I, I'm really enjoying it. It's and a lot more than I thought I would. I mean, and I have to give Cleela Joy, KJ from, from the she pod, the tripod. The, <laughs> I'll see you guys <laughs> this weekend. I think um, up there in LA, uh, uh, she really, I was already going to check it out because Ryan Murphy, he's, or no, is it right? Ryan Murphy, right? Yeah. Ryan Murphy. He has, you know, definitely got some more track, you know, record from uh, People vs. O.J. Simpson, so I wanted to see what his follow-up would be. So I was already going to see it, but she got me a little more excited for it. Have you seen any of Few? I haven't, man. I, you know, I, I can honestly say I'm probably like you. Maybe if I watched it, I'd get into it. But, like, I just have – I'd have to watch it by accident. I have no <laughs> desire to watch that. Like, literally zero desire. Well, your girlfriend, whom whose account you're obviously using, and, you know, you know, looker, stunner, quality person i'm sure has excellent taste so i just thought she might have dragged you into that like she did a scandal no no no, no. She, she's got plenty of crap that she, like right now like i'm out of the room doing this yes. uh this podcast with you and she was really excited so she could watch sweet home oklahoma on bravo What's now that, that i'm out of the uh, it's like a new reality show with like rednecks in oklahoma <laughs> where's, like, your, I, where's your girl from san diego okay san diego san diego <laughs> Excellent. So, so real quick, so we know so what some of your favorite shows are, aside from The Bachelor, because we know that just went off. What else are you watching? What three shows are you watching? Three shows that I'm really into right now. Um, it's going to be what I love, Madam Secretary, on CBS. Really? I'm a big Taylor guy, man. Like, she could do, it doesn't matter. She could just be, like, reading the phone book for an hour on the show, and I, w- I would watch it. Um, really fantastic. Uh, what else is on the DVR? Billion Homeland. I'm still in the Homeland. You know what? I'm still in Homeland too. It's I don't know. I, I wouldn't say it's like a tough watch. It's not a tough watch, but it just I, I just kind of miss when it had like a purpose. Like it kind of feels like it meanders sometimes. But I mean, I'm this season's fine. This season's fine. It's kind of getting to its point. But the, the first half of the season was just all over the place. Like I didn't know why I was watching it. For yeah, I mean, it was. But here's the thing: I give them so much credit because I didn't think there was a fucking snowball's chance in hell. That show would keep going after Brody died. I'm just right. like, what are they going to do now? Like, what's the point of watching the show? Brody's dead. True. And they've kept this thing going. And well, it's, it's showtime. It. It's almost contractually obligated. They must crap out at least seven seasons of a show. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's, I, li- I don't like what they did with Quinn. I don't like seeing Quinn neutered and like he's kind of getting his balls back now, uh, which is good. But the first couple episodes, I hated seeing him just down and out because I love Quinn. Quinn's great. Um, and the other show, uh, it's a weird one. Uh, you know, Gigolos. I don't know if you get that. Honestly, straight up. Yeah. I am a closet. I wouldn't say fan, but I watch that shit. Like when, when, when the new seasons come around, it's on the DVR. It's on. Stay with pride, man. Brace. Brace, Brace from Gigolos. If you had to ask me my top five favorite TV, like just TV personalities, yeah. characters, anybody I've ever seen on television my entire life, it would probably be Magnum P.I. one. <laughs> okay. uh, huge, huge Magnum P.I. fan. And Bra- Brace is in the top five. I mean, Brace, Brace is, is something is- else. He glows in the dark. He's got neon, he's got like, like neon bleach blonde hair. He's ripped as fuck. He's he's a gigolo, but he's an old. He's what is he? What do you think he is? He's got to be at least 45, 50, right? Bro, he's he's, he's in his fifties. He's definitely in his fifties. Uh, Still slinging it. 
<laughs> I mean, whoever casted that show is they, they deserve uh, like every award known to man because they couldn't have casted that show any better with all those different personalities, man. I mean, Ash, Vin, oh, and Vin for, Armani. For the, for the uninitiated, like my mother, I'm sure. <laughs> Chick Lowe's is about male escorts in where else? In Las Vegas. Vegas. <laughs> oh, Nick Hawk. I mean, Nick Hawk is just like, uh, where do you even come up with somebody like Nick Hawk? Oh, my God. That uh, whole world was, was, was a comedy or singing. He had some sort of like. He was music. rapping. He was oh, rapping. Oh, my Lord. It was terrible. Yeah. It was so bad. It was so bad. Oh, man. Bro, he Fire breaks a sweat. He breaks a sweat seven days a week. I mean, that's the best. <laughs> the best part of the show is all the intros. Like, Brace comes on. He's like, I've had sex with so many women. It's just, it's like a blur. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other guy goes, I'm the guy that eats dessert first. <laughs> I mean, it's just so good, man. Okay. Anybody out there, check out Gigolos. Change your life. It, they, they don't have a new season yet, do they? Because if they have, a, I've already, I'm, I must be behind. I think I'm caught up, like through. Season you're caught. Five. You're caught up. You're caught up. Okay. All right. Yeah. So. Jigglos is something. That, wow. That. Ooh, we took a turn for the interesting today. <laughs> All right. What's your third one? I. I now I'm. That was, I'm, that was my third. I, I gave you three. I gave you three. Okay. Jigglos, Homeland, and uh, Madam Secretary. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> and that concludes what we're watching. And so now for the main topic of our convo today is our top five underrated performers and the rules of this draft style is a little bit of game theory once you pick a actor he is he or she is removed from consideration so for example if i chose uh well all, all my all my performances i love are properly rated but if you choose an actor you're out of the pool and you can't choose them for your own we're going uh, uh, one than the other. We're going to go five back and forth, and, and we already know who your top one is going to be. So have at it, sir. Jay Devlin, the first one in your top five underrated performers is. Well, and this is a guy that we've touched on before in the Micropod, and this is one of my favorite guys of all time. Uh, I really wanted to do a podcast for an hour just talking about Jamie Fox. <laughs> hey, now, Jamie Fox. I don't. I don't know if he's necessarily underrated. See, that's my only problem with this. Is like I don't because know anybody that does not. He got. He's got an Oscar. Yeah. If you ask ten people if they think Jamie Foxx is awesome, pretty much all ten are gonna be like, "Oh yeah, Jamie Foxx is great." So those yeah, are not, not if they saw Sleepless. <laughs> well, maybe not. Or White House Down. But I mean, it's uh, I, I love Jamie Foxx. Triple Threat. Triple Threat. Great singer. Great comedian. Uh, impressionist, obviously a great actor. The guy has done roles like, you know, obviously in Ali and all that stuff. Like when he was in that with uh, with Will Smith, The Soloist, you know, was another one. I mean, he's, he's run the Django Unchained. Oh my God, I totally forgot about The Soloist. I, I do, yeah, I remember that. I mean, it's like you can't typecast that guy in any way, shape, or form. Uh, like Horrible Bosses, when he's uh, MF Jones. In Horrible Bosses 1 and 2. Like, fantastic cameos. Everything he's in, he steals the show. Always. Um, so, yeah. I mean, Jamie Foxx for me is, uh, I think I said, probably the most talented guy in Hollywood. I would say. If you told me who's the most talented guy, I, I would probably say Jamie Foxx. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that. Um, so, my first pick... You know, I, I think I have to take him off the board because you'll you'll eventually get around to him. Sam Rockwell, <coughs> dude, totally underrated. Dude, that was my next one. Yes, yes, play the game. Yes, Sam Rockwell. And actually, yeah, let me let, let me get, get some screen sharing because people are, need to people need to let, be known. People need to know Sam Rockwell's brilliant. This dude has been doing it forever. I think I fully. Uh, Fell in man crush territory on Sam Rockwell uh, after that 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 Chuck Berry movie that no one saw the the one that George Clooney directed which was really great it was like Confessions of a what was it called Confessions of a of a secret agent or something and and basically how uh, how and Chuck Barris I guess you know was it Chuck Berry or Chuck I think it was Chuck Berry never mind Chuck Barris the former Chuck host Barris. of the Bond show 
uh, mm -hmm. I guess allegedly had confessions of a dangerous mind. There it is. He uh, he had like a secret double life as a, as a as a secret agent or something like that. But anyways, it, it seemed like it was historical fiction. It was great, great role, whatever. Very talented guy. And I and after that, I was just hooked. I wanted to see everything Sam Rockwell was in. Just and like you said with Jamie Foxx, he may come in for you know a third build role, or he may come in for a cameo, or if you give him his own vehicle, like that freaking movie moon where it's basically him on the moon by himself for like 90 minutes and it's compelling as hell he will totally kill you know he'll totally steal the show when well, steal the show he'll totally run the show so yeah sam rockwell damn it i'm, I'm here sam for rockwell is fantastic i mean I, I have nothing negative to say about that guy even the movie he just did with uh, anna kendrick uh where he plays the hitman like really good movie man like he was like he's a very charming dude like you're just kind of like man i like that guy so. Yes. And, for, and, for, and I'm sorry, for the first one, two years, a little shot for those watching at home, for Jamie Foxx, yes. I mean, look, the dude's like 50 still. He, he's, he's a role model, man. He's still ripped and sleepless, you know, still gets the girl, still running and jumping and stuff. You know what? More power to you. You're my role model, Jamie. Except yeah, I can't. Was in, he's a Hall of Famer. He's the first battle Hall of Famer. All right, my, my next guy. Yes, sir. Uh, talk about a guy that, that's or, played. Or girl. Well, it's going to be a guy who's played okay. many different characters. From you know, Dumb and Dumber, to you know, Newsroom. Jeff Daniels, man. Yeah, Jeff Daniels, yes. Jeff yes. Daniels. I mean, his IMDb page is filled with greatness, man. The guy's been in a ton of great movies. Anybody who can like the fact that he could carry his own in Dumb and Dumber with Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey runs people over. I mean, Jim Carrey is a scene stealer. Jim Carrey is crazy over the top. The fact that Jeff Daniels was able to stay right there in the same lane with him for an entire movie was like one of the greatest acting performances I've ever seen in my life. And then, so, and then you have him on the newsroom where he was excellent. That was, um, that was good stuff. He was, that, that just kind of cemented everything. Like he was, I mean, he was in speed with Keanu. I mean, I'm oh, a big shit, Keanu. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he just, he's just been around a long time. Uh, guy makes great movies. Every time I see him in a movie, I'm generally pretty happy. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's pretty great. So I'm gonna say Jeff, and I think he's a guy under the radar. Like he's he's underappreciated. He's not a guy that you would think of immediately as like a big star. No, absolutely. Um, okay, so my next pick, I'm going with. Oh my go! Oh, you know it's it's on my screen. I, I will bring up her IMDb. I'm going with Maggie Gyllenhaal. Damn it, Maggie freaking Gyllenhaal. I say Maggie Gyllenhaal because. Obviously, Jake, her brother, has been nominated for, like, a lot of stuff. I think she's been nominated for some stuff, too, as well. But Maggie mm -hmm. Gyllenhaal is just <clears> – <throat> I mean, you, you know her, you love her. She makes pretty much everything better. She, I mean, she got her, her big break, you know, you know quote-unquote, because she comes from Hollywood royalty, I guess. Uh, but she got her, her, her first real notices in Secretary, which was kinky and weird. But, you know, she kind of stood out, and she held her own with James Spader, you know, who – I think actually is properly rated. Uh, everyone loves James Spader, but uh, and it's everything she's she's in for the most part. I mean, it, it's it, she, she hasn't really gotten a huge vehicle to carry on her own. She had that show on uh, I want to say Sundance, The Honorable Woman, which I think is I mean it's, it's a lot of people really like that show. I haven't seen it yet, but I liked her. I liked her in Crazy Heart. I liked her in the, 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 the. All right, here's a great example of making something better. Like she basically has a throwaway role in The Dark Knight. She plays Rachel, you know, the love interest of, of Bruce Wayne, and that and that role was, was done so badly by Katie Holmes. They, you know, they had to recast it. Like, she came in, and she's and you totally believe that he wants to fight for her. And when real stakes happen, when she ends up dying, spoiler alert: things ten years old, get over it. Uh, when she ends up dying, you really believe that he's gonna go balls in the wall to avenge her and, and honor her memory. So I, I, I like I like Maggie Gyllenhaal. I, I really do. I think she's she's good in a lot of different stuff. I don't think she's quite yet had like that that role that you know that that's gonna define her career. But she's young. She's like you know thirty five or something. She and Jake are, are super young. So. I mean, you can have that one. She is about as unmemorable to me as, like, you know, what I had for lunch last Friday. Like, I, I don't, yeah, I'm not a Maggie Gyllenhaal guy. You know, she, she's, she's an indie darling. That's what it is. She, she's, a, she's an indie, indie, indie stalwart. So that's what it is. Okay. Yeah, she's fine. She's fine. All right. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be a sexist or misogynist by picking all dudes. I will have a woman coming up. But, uh, my next guy, man, another guy that just like he can he can he can jump from like comedy to like serious, and he just kind of like seems like a good guy. My main man from Bedazzled, Brendan Fraser, the Encino man. 
The legend. <sighs> okay, now he became. Now he just became my my your Maggie Gyllenhaal for me. That's crazy. But go ahead. I, I want to hear this case. Go for it. Uh, I mean, I but you know, I just think. I mean, I love School Ties. School Ties is a great movie. Young Matt Damon, young Ben Affleck, uh, and Sino Man when he plays, you know, like Link, the the guy that comes out. I was a sucker for those Pauly Shore movies, like In the Army or Son in Law or any of those fucking weird movies he was putting out. And Sino Man, fan, oh, Biodome was amazing, by the way. Um, <laughs> and did like the Scout? He was really good. Uh, I don't know. I just think he uh, he he cracked me up in Bedazzled. I think Bedazzled is like one of the underrated great comedies in the last 20 years. So, that's okay. what I'm going. Under, we're going underrated again. Like, this is, we're not talking about superstar guys. No, 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 no. It's, 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 not, the, it's not the matter of his, of his wattage, his star-wise. It's not it at all. I enjoyed myself and be dazzled. It was fine. Uh, I guess he's in The Affair. I don't watch The Affair. Uh, I'm trying to figure out. I'm, I'm kind of like with you where you can't think of a Maggie Gyllenhaal performance you liked or, mm-hmm. or really like. I'm having a hard time thinking of a Brendan Fraser performance outside The Mummy. The Mummy stuff was good. That was, that was pretty good. Otherwise, after that, I'm just kind of like, eh, eh. But okay. I, I like I like the off the board off the board play. Uh, I'm gonna go a little more on the board. Um, I he might even be properly rated because he has some real stands out there like Bill Simmons, or whatever. But I love this guy. He's so young, so talented, but he's been around for fucking ever. It is your boy, my boy. I'm going with Michael B. Jordan. We go back to. The freaking wire. That's how far back Michael B. Jordan goes. Vince, I mean Vince Howard in in uh, Friday Night Lights. Creed yeah. is a modern day classic. He, he's. I think he's going to be the heir apparent to Denzel's mantle. Like seriously, like give him another you know five or ten years and and a couple Oscar nominations, and he's going to be like the. I mean, not that there can only be one. Although Hollywood seems to think there can only be one, like you know, superstar black actor. But I'm saying of the new crop that's coming up, who you would want to hang a franchise, not just a franchise around, but like who could play everything from a franchise to like a serious you know film. I think is Michael B. Jordan. I think he can do anything. He's freaking amazing. He's charming. I mean. Michael B. freaking Jordan. It looks like uh, we lost Jay Devlin for a moment. So let me extol a little bit more on why Michael B. Jordan okay. is – oh, there he is. Okay. But, yeah, yeah. but basically, I mean, I, I kind of covered it. I mean, he, he can do it all. I mean, he, play, he even plays a little basketball. I mean, you know, he's, he's, he looks like he's pretty decent on the court. So, yeah, I, I like the dude. Michael B. Jordan. Did I, did I uh, drop out? Did you hear my take on Michael B. Jordan? I did not hear your take, so please give uh, it. Service. Oh, this, this, this would be my only complaint about it is this. Again, if I ask 10 people if Michael B. Jordan is a great actor, I think all 10 are going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that guy's awesome. Uh, so, like, the, the, the underrated part of him, I, I don't know if he's underrated. He's not underrated he's, enough. Okay. He's probably undercover. He's probably not as famous as he should be. Right. But maybe that is underrated. I, I don't know. But he is great. I'm looking forward to Black Panther. Um, so lit. It's going <laughs> yeah, to be amazing. Uh, and, yeah, Creed is awesome. I mean, Creed crushed. They got to make another one of those, too. They absolutely do. All right. I juggled with with a few different ladies, um, (laughs) and I settled on, again, like, oh, man, like, underrated. I'm struggling with, like, the underrated part, but I think this chick is a huge, should be a huge star. I guess she's not, but she kind of is. Terry Russell. I love Carrie. Oh, yeah, the Americans. Do you, do you watch the Americans? Oh, bro, the Americans. I mean, uh, who doesn't watch the Americans? The Americans is like great, fantastic well, television. Well, everybody because they struggle to stay on the air every year except for these last two. So, <laughs> but yeah, I'm with um, you. I love Philip and Elizabeth. I tweet. Yeah, I guess you see my tweets on that shit too. I love it. I love that. Dude, she was, she was in Missing Impossible 3. She was great in that. Like, I didn't know she could do action. I mean, the fact that she's doing action in the Americans, like, it's pretty awesome. Um... Yeah, I'm just a fan. I like Carrie Russell. Again, like when I see her in a movie, I'm generally pretty happy to see her in the movie, whatever role she's playing. So, okay, that's fair. And actually, it's so sad because I'm I'm thinking about underrated performers. This one is a little controversial recently. Um, my next pick, but I'm I'm a I'm a stand by her because she is underrated. She consistently puts up good work. She has a hell of a of a of a career. She had for a while. Is Nia Long? Now, only reason why I say she's totally underrated. Okay. She's totally underrated because she's been doing this forever, and she's good in, in, in almost everything I've seen. I enjoy, you know, her her style, her brand to an extent. But she's a little controversial these days because 
apparently her arc on Empire, which starts, I guess, this this uh, Wednesday. And if you haven't seen Empire, Empire is like Black Dynasty. It's, it's great. It's hilarious. It's over the top. And it's got great music. And I heard she was such a fucking terror on that set. Really? That not only was she not invited back, you know, for next season, but like there's like lawsuits pending. It's like it's yeah, it's all in, on the internet streets. About how she's just like, I mean, how Taraji had to stick up for the cast group, and she's like terrible to the to the hairdressers and the makeup people. See, she's I don't want to hear that, man, because I love I don't me either. But on screen, she's wonderful. I love her. She's a delight. Best man, best man holiday. I mean, the I was just gonna say they can't. They're making another one of those. They can't make enough. Best men movies. Best man movies. They they can't make enough of them. Make fifteen of them. I will watch all fifteen. I mean, Best Man Holiday. I've said this to you before on the Microfile. It's like up there. Like maybe my third favorite Christmas movie is the Best Man Holiday. I mean, it is absolute fire. Um, and Neil Long is fantastic. He is absolutely fantastic. All right, so so I guess this is our this is our last one. So what's who's your last underrated performance? Last one. Here, go ahead. I'm still I'm I'm still deciding between a couple of people. I'll let you take one more and then I'll jump in. Right, and it's funny because, I mean, it's a bit of a cliche, but, you know, because they're often linked together in these movies, including The Best Man Holiday, but of course the underrated is Morris Chestnut. This dude, yeah. once again, another role model. The dude's like mid-40s, great shape, got a, got a, I wouldn't say it's a hit show, but he's got a successful show on Fox right now, Rosewood, which I enjoy the hell out of. The chemistry and his Latina co-star, uh, what's-her-face? Um, oh, wait, I forget her name, but she's really good. Uh, and I just, I mean, he, he's just been doing it forever. He was Ricky! Ricky! Was Ricky. I was going to say, man, he'll, he'll always be Ricky. He'll always be always running be. down that alley. Yes, with the, with the flat top, going to be fade. Yes, oh my goodness. Love, I mean, oh. he's been doing it forever. Uh, it's almost like he does like a one for them, one for me sort of thing. It's like one for the for the black community. You know, he'll do like I think he's done Tyler Perry, whatever. You know, I guess they all have to do Tyler Perry. It's in there. It's it's in, it's in our social contract. But then he'll do then he'll do like some some mainstream stuff. Like he'll do Nurse Jackie, an interesting arc on that with a very interesting pairing with he he and um and Merritt Weaver's character. I forget her name, but uh, Zoe, the, the kind of quirky Zoe. That was an interesting pairing. Didn't see that coming. And then he just been doing. I mean, American Horror Story. I had never watched. But you know, I just love the fact that he switches lanes. He switches lanes like crazy. Um, I guess the the term we call it in in, in our community is is code shift. Like yeah. there are definitely ways I talk, you know, <clears throat> to, to my boys that I may not talk, you know, in corporate America, or whatever. But you know, he definitely code shifts professionally, where he'll do you know, a lot of good mainstream stuff. He'll be under siege. He's on fucking under was under siege too, I guess. Dark, dark territory. Dark territory. He'll do all that shit, but yeah. yet he'll also do best man, best man holiday, the wood. You know, he's. I, I love him. He's kind of like if I were to be an actor, or if I actually, if my acting career had actually amounted to something, I imagine it would look something like Morris Chestnut. Look, I'm a Morris Chestnut guy, obviously. Uh, but here's the thing: no offense to Morris Chestnut. Basically, he just is playing Morris Chestnut in all these movies. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm just like a really like smooth, good-looking dude. Like that's that's his character in every movie. Yeah, so, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's not exactly Daniel Day Lewis. Uh, if, you look at, if you look at his IMDb page, again, huge fan, love more Chestnut, but uh, maybe not the greatest thespian of all time. Oh God, that's terrible. That was great. I enjoy uh, Chestnut. All right, go for it. All right, my, my last guy. This guy is an up and coming rising superstar that I think uh, I think a lot of uh, people have seen him on a lot of commercials lately. Um, Hasn't had the commercials like the, the big time movie success that I, I know oh is coming God, I know for him. Exactly, where you're going with this. <laughs> His name is Mike Scavati. Mike Scavati. <laughs> he is my co-host on Mostly Sports. And um, he's got an IMDb page. I love it. I love it. I love it. There you go. Boom. There he is, Mike Scavati. Yeah, uh, he gets a clap. Yes, yes. Clap. Very, very underrated. Like you turn on the TV, he's a football coach in a commercial, and then he's like. A handyman in a repair shop, you know. He was on. Uh, he was on Scandal. Look at that headshot. He, played, he that. played. I think he played a cop on Scandal. I've, I'm scrolling through his IMDb. I know he was on one of those shows. Um, oh, yeah. longer here. Look at Scavati. Yeah, the Scandal. He played Officer Duncan on Scandal. So, so his so his brand is the is the five o'clock shadow, huh? Okay. It, it, I mean, the, 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 the really nice. We, we Facetimed him on our way to NASCAR yesterday, and he's in Vegas with his beautiful wife Jen. I think it's his first vacation without uh, his daughter, Avery. The guy just wakes up. With, he just answers the FaceTime like they're waking up in bed. The guy wakes up with perfect hair. 
So yes. uh, on your last podcast, the Mostly Sports Pod, where uh, or not the last one, the the one from the week before was mm-hmm. quite an adventure where Jay showed up drunk and went on a lot of cultural cul-de-sacs about hair, including his co-host. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean, hair is you know, hair is hair is uh, it's high up there on my list of things. But uh, but Mike Scavati, really talented guy. Ooh, and, um, I like it. And even more importantly, like an awesome dude. So. He's my definitely uh, underrated, definitely underrated, underrated superstar that's going to break out one of these days. Yes. Uh, well, you know what? And on that note, yes, that's an excellent way to end the segment. Um, you know, I, I, I agree that you, you definitely opened my eyes to what underrated truly means. Definitely <laughs> 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 all over the place with that one. Uh, but some quick rapid fire. These are 10-second sound bites. I don't think we've had this since you've been, last been on the pod. But uh, and basically, quick 10-second sound bites on things we're thinking about out there in the ether today. How's your brackets? March Madness or March Sadness? Uh, I had Kansas winning it all, so March Sadness just totally guns up. Yeah, and, and all the pools. I mean, like this, whatever reason I said I was going to spend more money for you know with 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 the least amount of exposure I've had to college you know basketball in like the last ten years, and it's costing me totally terrible, terrible, terrible life decision. Uh, any any interest in seeing T two train spotting? We know you're a big fan of it in our strategy game. Yeah, no, I mean, it kind of let me down this week in the game. It didn't uh, It didn't do exactly <laughs> what I thought it was going to do. I mean, it's still – my strategy still got me a top four, I think, top three or four. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. But Train Spine definitely didn't produce the way that, uh, that I wanted it to, so fuck that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I actually want to rewatch Train Spotting. I used to actually own it, and I love that scene with Ewan McGregor out there in the you know in the thing. He's talking about how shitty it is to be Scottish or whatever, and and then you know and how he hates the English. It's really good. I, I love that scene. I love this that show. I right, said so that movie. Uh, so I want to rewatch that, and then I'm going to see T two because yeah, I'm, I'm going to see T two. Uh, last movie you saw in the theater? Oh, Logan. It was awesome. Yeah. Like no, nothing but good things to say about that movie. Uh, he deserves like Oscar consideration, man. He was just so freaking good. Um, yeah, that, that was one of my favorite movies I've seen in a long time, actually. So. Oh wow, nice. Yeah, did, did you see it with your avatar, your lovely avatar, Jen uh, Jordan? No, I didn't. I went. I went solo. She was at work, and she's not a big like superhero. Like when I go see like Marvel movies, I'd usually go by myself. Um, gotcha. So yeah, that was that was a solo trip, and uh, yeah, it's fantastic. My 32 yeah. ounce cherry coke was amazing. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was a very joy a joyous experience for sure. Ah, uh, sugar. I'm on keto right now. I miss it. Uh, yes, yeah, the last movie I saw, I think. What did I see? This I see. Oh God, what did I see in the theater? I think it was not Logan. Not I've been watching a lot of stuff at home. You know, I can't. I also I see something I can't even think of it. I think it was the um. Now I got to look at the, the talent pool. I think it was not. Belko. I want. I wanted to see Power Rangers. Did not go see that. Oh, I saw Life, and yeah, I busted out early of my tournament on Friday, uh, and I go upstairs at the Orleans to see Life, and it was really good. I mean, for what it was, for reals. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a horror film in space, and there's nothing scarier than being chased by a, a monster in space in a fucking space station with you know gravity working against you. It's really good. Um, ah, Fast and the Furious 8, or also known as Fate of the Furious. I think we're two weeks out, Jay. I think we're, we're about two or three weeks out. Are you ready? Are you excited for Fast and the Furious, or F- Fate of the Furious? Uh, I don't think I could be more excited. Uh, you know, people have heard me on the show before, your, your micropods. I am maybe the biggest Fast and the Furious fan of all time. Um, even the fucking shitty one in Tokyo was good. Uh, you know, uh, Vin Diesel just all day. Uh, you know, now I got The Rock coming into my life now. Like he's just a recurring character in these movies. Like, can it get any better? And now I got Statham in there. Like, this is oh just it is too me. much. It's like it's like a pure shot of of movie adrenaline. Like just two hours of movie adrenaline. You know, you're gonna go there. You'll be entertained, and and you're gonna come off just like just like loving life. Just, just feeling it. I and, and I implore you. I implore you. Seek out a D box theater when you go see this. Cause I promise you, a movie like that with the seat moving left and right and back and forth and up and down. Oh my God, it's gonna be painful. Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be. I mean they've done a mass again. Like what a masterful job. This this series was dead. Like yes. it was dead in the water. I mean, Vin Diesel had moved on. Like, and then, dude, with the the one in Brazil, this like <laughs> like a shot of steroids in the arm. This thing is just now. It introduces us to, it, it introduces us to Gal Gadot, our new Wonder Woman. 
Yeah, she's fantastic. And then they killed her, which sucks. Uh, but yeah, no, great movie. Very excited for it. Again, make 50 of these things. Make 50 Fast and Furious. Make 50 National Treasures. I'll, I'll go see them all. <laughs> National Treasures. Uh, what about Baywatch? Uh, my, my old classmate. and uh, when I, Well, actually, we weren't classmates. He was, I was a senior. He was a junior in high school. But my old uh, castmate, we were in a few plays together in high school. Seth Gordon is directing Baywatch. Are you excited for that? It also has The Rock. And Zach um, again. Like, God, I'm such a sucker, but yeah, I think this movie is going to be fantastic. I love it. <laughs> it really is. But I'm more excited for uh, Alexandra Daddario. Daddario oh. from uh, she also teamed up with The Rock in. Uh, She's from Sound. National Treasure too, isn't she? Did she do National Treasure or was that no, San she did Andreas? Sa- she did San Andreas with The Rock. So yeah. I mean, she is like off the charts, like stupid, like top top five hottest chicks I've ever seen in my life. Like, she's fantastic. Um, but yeah, I think it's just going to be fun, man. It's going to be like, and see, here's my thing. When you remake shows, you need to pay homage to the people that starred in the original. You need to find a way to bring them back. Like, that was my biggest problem with fucking Karate Kid when they remade it with Will Smith's kid. You, you got to bring Machio back somehow. Like, you... And Jay, we just lost Jay, but I, I hear what he's saying as far as uh, wanted to, because one of the things that that Fast and Furious did well was bridging the you know the, the past the future, uh, you know kind of almost like a, a baton handoff because that one in Tokyo was terrible, but at least there was a baton handoff at the end where you had Vin Diesel come in and you know race you know the you know I guess was it Lucas Black, but yeah so yes I, I do agree yeah. Jay and I think we have Jay back that yeah. you have to pay homage to the past in order to advance the future of your franchise. Uh, agreed, it's gonna they watch is gonna be money man it's gonna be great. And of course, we'll end up our rapid fire with, or, or not so rapid fire, with The Bachelorette. And actually, I'll, I'll give you 30 seconds on this because I know you have deep feelings about The Bachelor franchise. So, what do you think about this new uh, The Bachelorette? Well, yeah, now this, just give me, give me your thoughts because well, I don't watch The Bachelor. Well, I know where you're going. Now that, now that we have a, a, a black Bachelorette or we have a person of color, it didn't even have to be an African American, it could have been an Asian person, it could have been. But there's a person of color on the Bachelorette now, and like that, that, that was the big thing for the last ten years. It was like the whitest fucking show on TV. It's why I lost me. I used to be a, a Bachelor yeah. fan. I watched the first four series season of The Bachelor and the first season of The Bachelorette. I was in. Yeah, it, it, it become a running joke that they always have like two or three black people, and then like <laughs> they'd always survive the first night, and they might make it to like one date, and then they'd always get axed by like week two or three. Because the person didn't want to come off as racist by like cutting them the first night, <laughs> yeah, no. right? <laughs> right. So you know, I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. Um, no, no, but seriously though, like, like she's when the, great. The herself, yeah. So she's good. Ra- Rachel is, is she's beautiful. She's an attorney. She's very funny. But here's the thing: like, she might have her shit two together to be entertaining. <laughs> like, I, I need like a Michelle money. I need like one of these chicks, like these crazy party girls that will make out with like all the like 30 dudes, maybe get a little slutty. Like this chick is very demure. Her dad is a federal judge. So it, it could be like a pretty boring season, but it is going to be fun to watch all the, all the guys in the house get along. So, and as a total aside, I mean, how willing or how, how excited are you for the next season of, of unreal? I mean, I can't wait. It's, I mean, nah. it usually comes in June, right? I mean, it can't get here soon enough. Yeah. Unreal. I mean, that's, that's just like uh, lifetime finally got something right. Yes, with that absolutely. show. <laughs> absolutely. The only thing they've ever done right is unreal. <laughs> and on that, we'll get into the strategy portion of the game. I'm sure all of you have skipped thus far to get to this point. <laughs> no, of course you didn't, because you love Jay Devlin. We all love Jay Devlin. But what is fa- what is Cinema Draft? It is the fantasy sports version of the movies. But instead of drafting athletes from teams, you're drafting actors from movies, and have the movies perform at the North American box office, will earn you points for your call sheet of actors while competing against other players for fun and prizes. You draft 10 actors who are assigned a dollar value salary. You have $100,000 in your budget to try and draft all 10 actors. You must have 10, no more, no less. We have three release types of movies. Wide release, 2,000 screens and up. Limited release, 501 to 1999 screens and platform release 500 screens and below and you must draft one actor at least one actor from each of those release types headliners get 40 percent more on their points for example there are two headliners per film and so for example if suicide squad earns 100 million worth one point per million uh, in wide release margot robbie would get 100 points while will smith 
we get 140. It is free to play with over $200 in prizes this week, plus a $25 bonus, which has yet to be earned. If you get the highest scoring call sheet that beats mine, you got to beat my sheet. And somehow, someway, I was able to pull that shit out of the fire. We'll go over that in, in, a, in a different uh, podcast. <laughs> but yes, um, I am very excited and looking forward to breaking down the shot list with my boy Jay Devlin. So so I've got some ideas on what are some values to look out for this weekend. I'm actually going to screen share the, the new talent pool real quick so I can get us all in the right frame of mind and see what we have out there. But, but some, some quick thoughts on this past weekend of, of play, Jay Devlin. Yeah, I mean, Beauty and the Beast, obviously, just crushing. Uh, See, so, you know, it, it, when you have a movie like that that comes out that's just going to be so huge, it, it turns the game into an eight-actor game because you're just going to take two headliners from Beauty and the Beast and then, like, everybody's going to have those two. So, you know, again, like, the, the strategy has been fun lately because people are finding different ways to go about stuff. And, the like, the last two weeks especially, like what, what? What separated second and fourth? Like point three five points this week. It's just amazing the the, the, the talent that we have. Uh, you know, the people are <clears throat> the the learning curve is getting so sharp so fast. People are really kind of coalescing around similar but yet still different strategies that are effective and just it's really exciting each week to see the differentiation between the call sheets. And yes, each week it seems like it's coming down to a, a point or less between some of these spots. It's been very exciting to watch. Very fun to watch. And with that, let me go ahead and share my screen, and we'll get an overview, a lay of the land for this week. We have so we have some some newcomers. We have one, two, three, five movies, well, four new movies to the town pool, and one returning movie, Personal Shoppers, back with Kristen Stewart, Games of Steam. We've got the Boss Baby. Alec Baldwin is a baby that talks like a man. Ghost in the it's Shell. Amazing. Yeah, I, I'm all in on that, dude. As a matter of fact, wow. if, if I have time before I leave LA, we might need to catch that. That, that looks like a lot of fun. Uh, Ghost in the Shell, uh, which is Scarlett Johansson. And that actually also looks, looks you know, dope as hell. And then The Zookeeper's Wife starring. When, you know what? I should have had her on this list, damn it. Jessica Chastain. Totally underrated. Totally underrated, damn it. She was yeah, amazing she... in Miss Sloan. Have you, did you see Miss Sloan? I haven't seen that yet, but Zero Dark Thirty, she killed it. Fuck it. I mean, and she's like this, like she's like a San Francisco hippie love child, she calls herself. And yet she's tough as nails in Zero Dark Thirty. And then in Miss Sloan, she's like just like a, a, a ball-eating uh, lobbyist in D.C. who just eviscerates a person with a look. She's amazing. Chameleon, chameleonic? Is that a word? Actress. She's, just, she's amazing. I love her. So, yeah, so she's in that, Zookeeper's Wife. And then also The Devotion of Suspect X, which is our Duriger new 3F, our foreign-focused film. <laughs> of the week so hmm. getting into it uh, and, we'll, and actually we'll just go we'll just trade back and forth a little bit on on potential a-list but i think um first one in my a-list i would say this week is going to be i think is going to be you know beauty and the beast it's still out there you know it's still out here making money 90 million last week you know only a 48 percent drop even if it drops another 50 percent you're still looking at a 45 million open the price has been lowered you know, in anticipation of more competition to the marketplace, but Beauty and the Beast is really, you know, Dan Stevens, the chief of the two headliners. I'm not sure if stacking it is a must-win strategy this week, but you definitely want to have some exposure in your call sheets to Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really, like Wednesdays is usually when I really dive deep into the upcoming weekend. It's still Monday. I'm not exactly sure. You know, but even if Beauty and the Beast drops 50%, it's still going to be like $40 million. Yeah, um, you know, I, I don't know. What's Boss Baby trending at right now? Do you have an idea? I have an idea. I thought I saw somewhere it was uh, it was trending to. Oh, so uh, so actually, so let's let's talk a little trade craft here. So so when I'm making these values now on Sunday afternoons, I'm trying to get it out early as possible to to get people excited, to get people playing the game and whatnot. <clears throat> so you're gonna have a lot of you know, there's, there's gonna be a lot of value to be had just off of my sheer ignorance. But one of the things I I like looking at recently to get an idea of what. Uh, what's trending in what direction on tracking wise is HSX, the Hollywood Stock Exchange. I think we've talked about this place before. It's um, they, they have a different approach to to fantasy gaming where they're seeing the movies as stocks. So, for example, the Boss Baby, they've got all sorts of different types of stocks when it comes to this. So, one that I look at when I have no idea what a movie's going to do is their. Well, actually, let's do look it up this way. <clears throat> Type in the Boss Baby. They have 
derivatives. So box baby opening weekend, the derivative for that is 33.06. That basically, these basically translate to a point, you know, a, a dollar per million. So if they're thinking it's going to, if their stock is being traded on their system at 33.06, then I think you'd be fairly confident it's going to have an over $30 million opening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, so I think, well, I think Boss Baby is going to be big. I think it's. I think so too. Really I think it's good. I think it can hit forty. Uh, that might even be our over under this week. I got to check. But um, I so to get an idea, I, I kind of place it. So in looking for, in comparing that to say Beauty and the Beast and and seeing how the values you know sorted out this week, uh, I went to HSX uh, H HSX. I know it sounds like H sex or something. HSX dot com to, to get a look at that derivative, and, and it's trending really well. Also, another derivative I was looking at because I had zero clue because there's so much controversy around this movie, and I'll get to that in a second, is Ghost in the Shell, which is a Scarlett Johansson kind of matrixy looking type film. And that derivative also is trading at, for opening weekend, is trading at 34.7. So that's also looking at a mid-30s to high $40 million open. What do you th Have you heard any kind of buzz in the street? Anything from like zero. The, the dudes or women in your life? Ghost About the... No, zero. It sounds like a, a movie I will never watch. Too many words. I don't, I don't need four words in the title of a movie. Like, keep it to about two or three, you know, right, except for The Fast and the Furious. That's the only one that, like, that passes the test. Like, I don't know, Ghost in the... I don't know what it's about. Is it about, like, a chick walking down the beach and she finds, like, a, a ghost in a seashell? I don't know what the fuck it is. So, well, I will say this about the movie. It's very it's very stylishly shot and, and, and directed, artfully directed. It's based off, I think, anime or manga or something. I always feel too confused. Uh, some Japanese anime or whatever. The, the, the controversy has been around the fact that, I guess, her <clears throat> character's originally Japanese, and yet here goes Hollywood whitewashing again or whatever. And to me, I don't have as much of a dog in that fight because I'm I do not have any, you know, previous knowledge about this this comic, whatever. And I love ScarJo, ScarJo Johansson. So I'm gonna go see it regardless. Looks like it might be some good action in there. She's like a badass, like cyborg or something. But um, I think you know, there's been a lot of talk about the, the cultural appropriation of the movie, and so that actually might hurt some of its chances. So I'm gonna probably. I think it's got potential, but it it. It's, 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 it's borderline. I'm, I'm putting in the co-starring range. Michael Pitt is the chief of the two headliners. He's at 12400 It's a wide release, and it's trending towards a $30 million open. Wow. That seems really high. It, I, I, it's, it looks really – you're going to get all those Matrix fans, all those kind of like uh, – for lack of a better term, you know, uh, basement dwellers who, you know, never kissed a girl who, you know, spent all the time on the internet who love this shit and love ScarJo and have mm -hmm. seen her nudes and all that sort of stuff. They're going to, they're going to, yeah, box office pro has 32 million, boss baby 33 million. Oh, hmm. their, their estimates are already out? Oh, that's awesome. They, they have their long term uh, forecasts. If you go into their long term forecasts, this is probably an article that's written. I love that. Oh, hey, man. Always deep dive, brother. Man, those, those top five finishes aren't like uh, just happened by accident. Not, hey, uh, amen, amen to that. Get your, ja your Jacques Cousteau on. Get you got you got to get your hustle on, man. You got to grind. You got you to gotta dig deep for some info. Um, what did you price Boss Baby at? So Boss Baby is at 16000 Well, I think we started around 16000 I believe. Let me, let me get the right week up. There we go. So Boss Baby, yeah, we, we priced it at 16000 thousand only because it's going after the same family market as Beauty and the Beast, which is still gonna have some holdover. I think I mean if I was confident it was gonna do like fifty million, it probably could have crept towards twenty thousand. I think sixteen thousand is pretty fair. What's, yeah, the, what, what's Beauty and the Beast at this week? So Beauty, Beauty and the Beast, we brought down to 20000 uh, to start finishing up with 21500 for Emma Watson. Because it's still going to be the cock of the walk. It's, you know, you have to pay, pay yeah. a premium for it. And, but it's going to have some competition. And I'm very curious to see how it all shakes out. The, the, the wild card this week is definitely going to be Ghost in the Shell. Only because mm -hmm. the, you know, the, the claims you – know, the, the, you know the, the 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 whole controversy versus the the fanboy nerd boys versus you know the you know the the neophytes like myself. It would be very interesting to see how that shakes out. I, I honestly can't call it. So that's why I, pri I priced it at twelve thousand and up. Actually, I think I believe it, I believe we started at Ghost in the Shell. We start at yeah twelve thousand and up thirteen thousand five hundred for ScarJo. Uh, price the move, man. That's price the move. Price the move, exactly. Now, this one, I would say controversial, but we had, we, had a, we had a surprise complaint in our group chat, and for those of you who aren't 
in the hottest group chat on Z Movie Nets. Go check us out. Go to our Facebook page, and we have a sticky there in the notes section for the link to our group chat. But uh, yes, Zookeeper's Wife, the wholly underrated Jessica Chastain. Love her. You know, she was also in Munich. Do you remember her in Munich? She was awesome. I, I don't remember that. That was a good movie, though. I liked, uh, I liked a little Eric Bana. Yeah, yeah. Also, poetry underrated, man. We could have done like two podcasts on that uh, if I'd actually done some research. <laughs> uh, yes, Jessica Chastain, Zookeeper's wife. It is ten, she is 10,400 as a top headliner, and it is a platform release. This might be one of our all-time high uh, salaries for a platform release, and that's only because there's so much interest and curiosity about the Zookeeper's Wife, so much advanced critical acclaim. It's made the festival circuit. On 450 screens at the top end of platform release, I have a hard time seeing anyone, you know, coming within hmm. you know, a million dollars of this movie. So if this, it's so an estimate, an early derivative that I saw, and let's check the derivative out real quick, on Zookeeper's Wife was over two million, I think, for opening weekend, which would be freaking phenomenal for a platform week. There it is, just a shade over two million for the opening weekend. So. On four, at one point per hundred thousand, you're looking at you're looking at twenty points. Shit, twenty eight points for a headliner. That is some serious value for a ten thousand uh, four hundred uh, headliner right there. Yeah, yeah. Let me give let me give a quick shout out since we're talking about the game. I'm gonna give a, big, a quick sure. shout out to Ringballs. Ringballs. Uh, Nick, man, good dude. He's on the chat. Um, he so we always have our little side bets, our ten or twenty dollar side bets, which I did win this week. Uh, so you can take me down on the whiteboard you have. But, but you, I think you scored. Congratulations! You uh, you scored him by hand, I believe, this week. So I think you Nick caught a mistake because he was in second place. And he was like, "Eh, Ed, I think you gave me too many points," which then bumped him down to fifth, which allowed me to win. Like what a stand up guy. That dude. I, I did fat finger result. That's my bad. And I, and and I, I I made sure I let him know my appreciation. You know, appreciate you, Nick. Uh, and, and also, and your your girlfriend, Ash. Smart Ash is his girlfriend. A couple that drafts together last together. I'm telling you, she's one of my favorite new players because she she's. I mean, they're they're getting it done, man. There, she has some really good call sheets. I think she took down a contest this week. This is actually one of the more interesting weeks. Uh, and I'll do a micropod. Uh, 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 er, well, earlier to you guys, we'll be listening to it. Uh, we'll discuss, or we we will have discussed how this week we had five different winners for five of our contests. It might be the first time. Very exciting for the game, and and I think this will help grow the game. Michael Volante, you know, shout out to him. He won the feature presentation this past weekend. A new player that's only been with us for about three or four weeks. So congratulations to you. And I just love seeing you know just diversity strategy and just the great play. You know, I, I love the community we're building here. Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. And oh, and also, I forget on the shot list, uh, the cutting room floor. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Actually, I have here on my notes. I was gonna say Slamajama, but I was actually pleasantly. I was quite pleasantly surprised that Slamajama did anything. It did like one I can't million. believe it did one point six million. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, I mean, so those I, I know a little bit about that movie. It's, it's a bunch of dudes that. Yeah. You know, it's the people out there. I played college basketball. I played a little overseas. So, you know, I'll go down and, and play in this Venice basketball league occasionally. I know the guy that, that runs the league. So it's basically like the guy Chris Staples plays in the VBL. He's not an actor. He's a great dunker. Um, and then, like, all the extras are guys from the VBL. Very good friend of uh, my show, Brian Jaslowski, stand-up comedian out here. Six, seven, played at St. Joe's with Jameer Nelson and Delonte West. Um, tried out for a role. Uh, audition and didn't get it, so I'm not rooting for that movie. Because Brian, should, <laughs> you're like I should have been in that. Podcast. Brian should be in that movie. Um, right. So, but yeah, I'm shocked that did 1.6 million. That's unbelievable. Yeah, and and, and whatever money it's it's, it's it, whatever money it had to be made, it's already made it. So, Slamma Jamma in the Slamma. I don't know Jamma. Uh, and then song to song, Terrence Malick is still box office poison. It looked, I mean, just from the cast alone, look, that cast is attractive as hell. Fastbender, Gosling, Blanchett, Portman. I mean, it, 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 Del Toro is like fifth oh. build or something. I'm intrigued, but no one else is. And he's he's just like, he's kind of like, for lack of a better comp, 
he's kind of like the art house Woody Allen. And Woody Allen is already art house, but he's an art house's art house guy. And he just doesn't do any business. And song to song, it's out on 80 screens. If it expands, I'll be shocked. But if it does expand, it's still not going to get you the results you want at platform release. So, you know, definitely leave that one and skip that loser. And then also, actually, I'll give you a bonus. I'll, I'll give you a bonus cutting room floor one. Because this one just kind of occurred to me, like, there's there's no way anyone's going to see this sucker anymore. And that is – oh, and it just skipped me. It just left my head. Uh, come back. It was – it was in my head. Uh, chips. There it is. Oh, my God. Yeah, I made $7 million or something last weekend. We dropped the price on it. I think we had it at, like – 11,000 or 10,000 last week. We dropped it even further. This thing is a dog with fleas. The cinema score is terrible. It, whatever money there was to be made, just off the nostalgia of the TV property it made last weekend. Definitely do not add chips to your call sheet. I love you, Michael Pena. You're excellent. You're great in Ant-Man and everything else I see you in. Dak Shepard can be an acquired taste, but it looks terrible. Terrible. Agreed. That's you remember a, chips? I, I, Oh, yeah. I'm 43, man. We're the, we're the same age. I love chips, man. Eric Estrada, man. Posh. Yeah. Great, great show, man. That was my show. Real quick, our over-under for this week is Ghost in the Shell. I am pegging the over-under at $30 million this weekend. Uh, actually, from our from our last poll, I believe, we had uh, – we had not, not King Kong. It was a different one. What was the other? We had uh, – the over-under was $45 million, I wanted to say, for Power Rangers and – I chose the under under prevailed and actually clocked in at forty point three million. So good job by you guys. Good job. Also, so we will put that poll up probably about Tuesday or Wednesday afternoons uh, once you guys have listened to the show. Make sure you go to at Play Cinema Draft on Twitter to cast your vote. Where can you find Cinema Draft? CinemaDraft.co at Play Cinema Draft on Facebook. Twitter, our corporate blog is at Medium at Cinema Draft. We even have a Pinterest account, which I check on. There you go. Uh, we are live with over $200 of the prizes this weekend. As you know, the game starts on Thursday evenings. Theater lock is 6 p.m. Pacific time with the game running at 10 p.m. Pacific. After that, we are offering up $125 in feature presentation with $46 to first. Totally free to play. Definitely looking forward to seeing your call sheets. Their results are usually out Monday evening, a little bit later if I am sadly hand scoring. And a big thanks and hearty congratulations to Jay Devlin for making it on the pod. Thank you, my man. Appreciate having you. What are your parting shots? Pump your stuff. Do what you do. Well, I won about uh, seven thousand on DraftKings tonight, and that was the yes, yes. That, that was the second best part of my night. The best part of my night was doing this podcast with you. Had a blast. Um, we'll be on air tomorrow night on mostly sports on UBN Radio and iHeart Radio. Check us out. Uh, you know, I'm gonna check you guys live one of these days. I, I hear you have like a fa- the Facebook Live thing going on now, right? But the Facebook, yeah, the Facebook Live thing is fun. You know, we're getting, a lot of people calling up. It's very interactive. So, you know, if you like sports, you like pop culture, and you just like people acting like fools, then you'll love our show, mostly sports. Um, yeah, well, thanks for having me on. I look forward to coming onto the Micropod here uh, later in the week, and uh, keep doing your thing, man. You're doing a great job. Cinema Draft just gets some uh, some positive steam. Hey, appreciate it. That's that, that's it. Yeah, we're trending positive. That's why I'm heading out there to L.A. See what we can see. Get some of these stars playing. Get some Get some people in this joint. Get some more hey, competition. If Drew, if Drew Holiday didn't hit a meaningless three, I would have had an extra $13,000, and I would have gladly invested in cinema drafts. <laughs> well, you know what? You may still get your chance. We are definitely looking hard at some crowdfunding. Stay tuned. Okay. Stay tuned. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for subscribing. We are on YouTube and also iTunes, SoundCloud, anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, thanks for listening or watching, all five watchers of you. And this week and this weekend, go see a movie or something.